0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: The Navy builds lots of things that float, but it also needs ports, depots, and other constructed facilities. The Naval Construction Battalion Center is celebrating 80 years, having been established June 2, 1942. For the latest on the CB's contemporary mission and activities, we turn to its commander, Captain Jeff Powell. Captain Powell, good to have you on.
2: Thanks, Tom. It's great to be with you today.
1: Well, let's begin with the beginning. What exactly does the Seabees do, the Naval Construction Battalion Center?
2: So the Seabees were formed in World War II in 1942. There was a need for overseas construction, and that was being accomplished by civilian contractors. As the war progressed and enemy activity increased, they realized they could not have civilians that were untrained. They weren't combatants out in these far-flung reaches, mostly in the Pacific. And so the idea was born that we needed kind of combat construction personnel and so the original CBs, and their numbers swelled to 350,000 or so during World War II, but the original CBs were tradesmen. I mean, they were not necessarily your 18-year-old recruits. They were some, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s years old at the time, and they came in at different rates and pay grades and they put them in military formations, and their exploits during World War II were pivotal, certainly in the Pacific, but also across the European theaters.
1: Right. They built runways and so forth.
2: They would go to an uninhabited island in the middle of the Pacific and tear down the jungle and figure out how to get to rock and quarry and water and supplies. And they would build a runway and build a base. And, you know, I'm no aviation expert or ship expert, but, you know, our ships and our planes did not have the range that they do now. And so they needed these intermediate staging areas as they walked across the Pacific on their way to Japan and taking the fight to the enemy. So they needed a lot of bases back then. And then certainly anytime you need expeditionary construction, you know, quick construction called the CBs, and that's where the history and the legacy of the units were born.
1: Now, that's less of a requirement in ordinary times nowadays. So what does the battalion do these days?
2: You know, over the years, as you know, the Navy, the entire Department of Defense would swell up, you know, for World War II, and then it would contract a little bit. And we'd have, you know, they call it a peace dividend, right? You, You know, ships are decommissioned and units are decommissioned. And then it would increase again for Korea, and then it would contract again. So we have ebbed and flowed over the years. Currently, there are six active duty battalions, and there are five reserve battalions. Just a few years ago, kind of the height of operations in Iraq and Afghanistan, there were 21 total battalions. There were nine active and 12 reserves. So, even in recent history, in the last 10 or 15 years, we have contracted and gone back to this steady state of now about 11 battalions. They are still deploying. And so, we have three active battalions here at the base in Gulfport, in Mississippi. There's three active battalions in a base out west called Port Ami, California. And they deploy on a six-month rotation, headquartered in Rota, Spain, in our case here in Gulfport. And then from there, they fan out to all over Europe, Africa, and even some of them go to the Pacific. And they are doing peacetime construction. They're doing training. They're doing partner kind of nation building. And they're a forward presence like a ship or any other uh, military asset overseas ready to respond to anything that may be called upon. But they're doing all kinds of construction. And certainly nowadays, the specialty and the focus is going to be on airfield damage repair, port damage repair, again, when and if we need to for a, a contingency, getting an airfield and a port facilities up and running so that our planes and our ships and our submarines can
1: refuel and resupply. I guess it's overlooked sometimes the fact that the Navy does need airfields because planes from carriers don't live their entire life cycle just on a carrier.
2: Correct. You know, of course, I'm a little biased, but I think you know, the Navy obviously goes from you know, space to air to surface to below surface. And in, in my world, People for years have asked me, you know, I've been 27 years in the Navy, what ships have I been on? I've never been on a ship. I am a dirt sailor. So there is certainly a land component to the Navy, and there's certainly need for facilities ashore, and that's where the Seabees come in, primarily, you know, in overseas and contingency and hostile environments.
1: We're speaking with Captain Jeff Powell. He's commander of the Naval Construction Battalion Center, Seabees, now celebrating its 80th anniversary. So just to make sure we understand, for U.S.-based facilities that need modernizing and construction, that's not the CBs. That's contractors, the Navy hires otherwise.
2: That is correct. So CBs might do some small projects here. Again, they're, so I mentioned their six-month deployment. They're then home for 12 months, and that's kind of the 18-month cycle. So while they're home for 12 months, they might do small projects on this base or on another base to train, but it's a lot of classes, they're doing weapons proficiency, they're doing military tactics, they're taking you know different specialized construction classes. They're not necessarily building things on this base. A lot of the projects we're doing are pretty complex. you know there's lots of environmental considerations and mechanical, electrical and computer systems that have to go into a lot of our facilities now and so those are contracted out to civilian contractors. Different tours that I've been in, I've managed those kind of projects as well. but the CBs are kind of fast expeditionary construction not necessarily the finished permanent facilities that we would occupy in the United States and on a military base.
1: Yeah. So what kind of talent do you need to fill out the CBs and what specific types of work do they do? I mean, the old pictures show people smearing concrete and digging and that kind of thing. Do they still do that kind of thing? And what kind of talent do you need?
2: You know, across the Navy, there's different ratings, right? There's medical corpsmen and there's air traffic controllers and there's engine men on ships. Well, The CBs have seven different ratings. There are builders and steelworkers, workers electricians, utilities men or plumbers, engineering aides or surveyors, drafters, equipment operators, and construction mechanics. So we have tons of construction equipment, you know, generators, and all kinds of things that need to be maintained. So that's the equipment operators. We have a crane program, lots of mobile cranes. So equipment operators, mechanics, keep the equipment running. They also will do some what we call horizontal construction. So they'll do the dirt work and earth work and digging and berms and grading and road construction, and that's where the runways and things come in. And then we have our utilities folks, which are electricians and plumbers, connecting generators, building, you know, expeditionary restroom facilities, laundry facilities, things like that. And also they can, you know, wire a house or wire a, an operations center if we're building an expeditionary kind of a hut to be an operations center. They can put plumbing and power in there if they need to. And then we have your typical builder and steel worker they are doing masonry, carpentry, you know, woodworking, any kind of construction and then we have engineering aids, which are surveyors, and they're doing the testing and some of the planning and the drawing and the drafting for those. So it all comes together in a team. You mentioned concrete. On a concrete day, though, maybe every CB out there helping place the concrete because that's kind of all hands-on deck evolution. There's definitely some what we call cross-rating. I mean, you may be trained as an electrician, but you're also going to understand how to place concrete or maybe you have to get in a piece of equipment and operate it. So that's kind of where the CBs are, are fairly legendary for their creativity and their teamwork and their can-do spirit.
1: Well, you know, that takes the operation of a bird when you're done with the concrete roughed in. And so what I'm driving at is that it sounds like a great naval career that could lead to a fantastic civilian career because those jobs are in demand. They pay well. And, you know, anyone that's ever seen the controls of a steam shovel or a crane knows that's complex work.
2: Absolutely. You know, I will tell you, there's lots of great jobs in the Navy. The CBs are definitely ones that have applicability whenever that service member is done serving, whether that's their initial four-year stint or, or they do 20 or 30 years. The skills that they have are definitely in demand. Project planning, they've done some deployments. They understand construction. They understand how to work together as a team but they definitely have a tangible skill. And I'm not taking anything away from folks that are operating weapon systems on ships or submarines or things like that, but there's not necessarily a civilian equivalent of that as direct as the CBs have. So it's definitely a neat part of the Navy that a lot of folks don't know about. Uh, I should mention numbers. There's about 9,000 active-duty CBs And just for context, there's about 330,000 active duty sailors in the Navy. So it's something like 2% of the Navy is Seabees. It's a a pretty small thing. The Navy is mostly ships and submarines and, and aviation. But we are there to support and move ashore when the Navy needs us to.
1: And how are you celebrating the 80th anniversary?
2: also two big events this year I mentioned 1942 in March March 5th is actually the birthday the CBs celebrated their 80th anniversary as a force as a part of the Navy the base here in Gulf War, Mississippi was also formed in 1942 and, and more specifically in June but we had two big events already this year with some more highlights and celebrations to come later this year but our big event was we have a CB ball every year so there's a Navy ball, and the Army has a ball, and the Marine Corps has a ball. The CBs have their own ball, and it's a great tradition. We get dressed up, and we, we have some great remembrances and a good speaker and, and a good meal, and we did that in March. And then, about a better part of a month ago here, we had what we call CB Day on the base, which is an open house, static displays of weapons and equipment and materials, and we had food vendors and live music. And it's essentially our version of an air show for this base it's open to the public and we had about four to five thousand people here to something we do every couple of years and we happen to do it this year with a theme built around the 80th anniversary of the base and how important it is to the community here in south mississippi
1: and you said there's some more coming up though
2: continue to have profiles and and we're getting some good public affairs uh, products out there and there's some proclamations still coming from the city and some things like that. They're going to celebrate the great relationship we have with uh, the city of Gulfport, Mississippi.
1: Yeah, probably a good chance to remind your congressional overseers, too, and appropriators, hey, we're here and look what we do.
2: Right. You know, it's interesting. A lot of folks don't know there's a Navy base in Mississippi. There's 70 bases in the Navy and we're one of them and we have an important mission. So, And actually, we don't just have CBs here. We have other tenants. There's about 40 tenants on this base. Uh, We provide some other services. You know, they're building ships in Pascagoula, Mississippi, and there's also a huge Navy presence out at Stennis Space Center. Uh, We provide some services out there as well. So there's a lot of military here on the coast of Mississippi, and we're the lone base down here providing a lot of the support and and the services to enable them to do their missions.
1: And as commander, did you come up through the CBs yourself, and what was your particular skills?
2: I'm not prior enlisted. I went to Clemson University in South Carolina. Go Tigers. I'm sorry, I, I have to say that. And then I've done a variety of tours, so, in our community as, as an officer community, we're not always with the CVs. I am sometimes with just the shore facilities I mentioned, you know, managing civilian construction contracts, or I've been the public works officer of a base. I've been to D.C. and worked in the Pentagon on the programming and budgeting side, done lots of deployments and different things. I've had about five tours with the CVs in different capacities, as a, you know, leadership capacities, but I don't necessarily have a trade. I mean, my background and my degrees are in engineering so that's the you know the leadership and oversight that I provide to the to the units as I've been with them
1: well if you know your way around the PPBE that's kind of a trade in all of in it itself
2: Oh, yes. Yeah, that's, you know, it's, <laughs> you know I enjoyed D.C. It's, it's a fantastic uh, tour. In fact, I, you know, I counsel a lot of our mid-grade and, and junior officers. That they have to get to D.C. to understand how the sausage is made and how the, the Navy and the nation uh, works. And so it's, uh, it was a great tour, and I really enjoyed my time in the Pentagon. Captain hard, Jeff. Hard to believe that, but that is true.
1: <laughs> All right. Captain Jeff Powell is commander of the Naval Construction Battalion Center, the Seabees, now celebrating its 80th anniversary. Thanks so much for joining me.
2: It's great, Tom. Great to talk to you, and thanks for your time this morning.
1: We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Podcast One or wherever you get your shows.
3: Hello. I'm WIPA CEO Shane Canfield, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Lessons in Leadership. I'm honored to be joined by Angie Bailey, founder and CEO of Anunda Life. Angie has a remarkable career in public service beginning as a GS2 clerk typist with the Social Security Administration, and over the next 40 years, Angie steadily worked her way up through the government, ultimately becoming the Chief Human Capital Officer at the Department of Homeland Security. She's been recognized with Presidential Rank Awards by two administrations for leadership, innovation, dedication, and commitment to the country. Angie, thank you for joining us.
0: Thank you, Shane. What a pleasure to be here.
3: Angie, you've made quite a name for yourself as a leader in the federal workforce. Who was the first person you remember looking up to as a leader? And what about them inspired you?
0: You No, I often think about this because, you know, sometimes we think of the people that we look up to the most as being somebody that throughout our career has, you know, been at the highest levels and all, but I, you know, I've got to go back to honestly, whenever I was 10 years old. And uh, I remember I really wanted to play little league baseball on a boys team. I was the only girl. And interestingly, it was the women who would keep saying to me that, no, I couldn't play. And then one day, whenever I was there to sign up yet again, uh, there was this guy, his name was Delbert Beiser. And uh, I remember he had like red hair and he had of tobacco in his mouth and greasy overhauls and everything. And he said, you know, I'll take her, I'll take her on my team. And, you know, just looking back on that, there's so many leadership lessons and things that I just really admire about him. And actually, I thought about throughout my entire career, he took a chance on somebody he didn't know. He um, put aside whatever conscious or unconscious biases that he might have had about having a girl on a team. He treated me the same, uh, whether
1: Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature.
2: Will you and everyone you work with lose their minds if you don't use Upwork to bring in more talent to help? Yep. Can you afford to spend months finding that talent the old fashioned way? Nope. Can you hire them in seconds on Upwork? Yep. Is it complicated? Nope. Can you have them as long as you need? Yep. Longer than you need? Nope. Is Upwork a newer, better way to work? Yep. Is this commercial over? Nope.
1: What about now? Yep. Upwork! This is how we work now!